Welcome to Choice Classic Radio. With 946 episodes made, Suspense originally aired on the CBS Radio Network from 1940 to 1962. As usual, we remind you to like and follow us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and keep the golden age of radio alive by donating at choiceclassicradio.com to our Patreon page. Give that donate button a click. And now, Suspense. The Columbia Network takes pleasure in bringing you Suspense. Suspense, a new series of programs with one strict purpose in view, your entertainment. Each week at this time, CBS sets aside 30 minutes to excite you, to mystify you, and on occasion to horrify you with a catalog of the world's great thrillers, dramas from the stage and screen, from fiction and radio, dramas that bring you suspense. This, the second offering of a new series, is a unique one. Certainly, it is one of the very few pieces of suspense literature that somehow manages to tickle your funny bone while busily engaged in tingling your spine. Make no mistake, though, nobody's kidding. CBS presents its adaptation of John Collier's well-known short story, Wet Saturday. Yes, it's a wet Saturday. Never saw it rain harder. I'm Princey, Frederick Princey, just an ordinary family man. I have a son, a daughter, and a wife. I might be out golfing now if it hadn't been for... Hi, Mrs. Princey. I plan to drive over to the nurseries this afternoon with the arbiters, the boarders, you know, but... Oh, the whole lot of them make me sick. Yes, I'm George, son and heir. <laughs> I had a date to go punting. Punting. Couldn't find the blasted punt in this weather, so I'm home too. I... I live. I was going to play croquet. That's how I happened to have the man. Yes, that's the Princey family. We find them at home. Mrs. Princey, Millicent, George sprawled on a couch... Mr. Princey biting on a dry pipe. Their living room is dull and overstuffed. Rain beats at the windows. They are any middle-class family at home on a wet day, except for one small item. As you sit with them in the living room, you can see through the door to the sun porch a pair of men's feet encased in black boots. They look like the feet of a curate. There's a tenseness in the room. The air is charged with excitement. But the feet are very still. Don't keep staring at them. Listen to me, all of you. Don't you see? They hang her. That's what they do. They hang her. Oh, Fred, it's too awful. Awful? It's catastrophic. Suppose it is sweet, gentle, intelligent girl, respected, loved by the whole village doing a thing like this. Think of the publicity, the disgrace. You think I'm going to resign from the bench, the vestry, sell out, and live in some 
Somebody who tell a broad? Oh, no, no. No. No, I'll kill myself. I will. I will. Don't be a fool. Any more than you have been, the governor, Vane. Be quiet. Wouldn't be so bad if it were you. Everybody in the village knows you're not responsible. George. Yes? Get off that couch. Sit up on your spine. Might be of a little use here if you could sink. Listen, Governor, this isn't my funeral. Oh, shut up. As long as I can remember, George, you've been a trial and a tribulation to me. Oh, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. You've got to stand it, my dear. Keep that hysterical note out of your voice. Okay, yes. We are... <clears throat> we are talking about the weather. Now, George. Yeah? George, if he fell down the old well, say, uh, striking his head several times, what about it, eh? I really don't know, Governor. What about it? Don't be an ass. I'm asking you to think. He'd have had to hit the sides several times in 30 or 40 feet and, and at all the correct angles. No. No, I'm afraid not. I'm afraid not. We'll have to go over it all again. Oh, no, Father. No, no. I couldn't. I couldn't. Now listen. We must go over it all again. Oh, Fred, you're torturing me. Oh, face facts, Mater. With him lying there, there's no use pretending it's a picnic. They might hang you, Millicent. Oh, stop that shaking. Stop it, here. You must stop it. Keep your voice quiet. Millicent, we are talking of the weather. Now, we will proceed. Oh, should have thought of those boots, Millie. <laughs> I'm not moving them. Well, sit up, George. Stop shutting your teeth. Now, Millicent, look at me. Answer me truthfully, you hear? Answer me. You were in the croquet court. <laughs> Who knew you were in love with this mischievous Charlotte? <laughs> oh, the whole village. <laughs> They've been sniggering about it at the pub for three years past. Yes. Listen to continue. You were on the croquet board. Yes. You were putting the croquet set into its box. Yes. It, it was starting to rain. I was carrying the balls and mallets into the sun porch. The box was there. You heard someone enter the garden gate and Come across the yard? Yes. Did you see who it was? Oh, not at first. I was going into the sun porch. I threw down all the merits but the red one. He turned around. It was Widows? Yes. So you called? Loudly? You call him loudly? Could anyone have heard? Oh, no, Father, I'm sure not. I didn't really call him. I... Sure. So, you both went into the sun porch. Yes. It 
It was raining hard then. What did he say? He said, you know, Lily, and excuse me coming in the back way, but that ought to look over to Nestor's. Yes? And he said, passing the park, he bowed. Suddenly thought of me. He thought it just looked in for a moment. He, he had something to keep me. What? He said he was so happy. He wanted me to share it. He heard from the bishop he was to have a vicarage. And it wasn't only that. It meant he could marry. Then he began to start to get all confused. Of course, I thought he meant me. Don't tell me what you thought. Tell me exactly what he said, nothing else. Well, well. It's a luxury you can no longer afford. Tell me what happened. He said, no. He said, it wasn't. It's Ella Bragdon David. And, and he was sorry. And all that. Then he went to go. And then? And he's back. Did you shout or scream? I mean, as you hit him? No. I'm sure I didn't. Did he? Come on, speak up. No, Father. And then? I threw it down. I came straight in here. I went to look for Mother. No. No. No, I won't leave the child alone, Fred. Not such a child, Mater. Millie, I had no idea Keep you... Keep quiet. Had... I'm thinking. You see, George, he probably told people he was going to Liston. Certainly no one knows he came here, but he, he didn't decide until he crossed the park. He might have been back in the woods. He must consider every detail. Cure with his head You either, Lucy, my word. Just being neighborly on a bad day. I wanted to ask you about those dahlia bulbs, Prince. Took a shortcut on account of the rain and walked right in. Knew he wouldn't mind. Oh, too bad. 
Smoothly, yes, but not if there was any sort of suspicion, any question. You 
Don't be afraid of being unsuccessful. Why, I don't know. I do. What are we going to do? I, I can't see anything else. You, you'd never be fool enough to do me in. You, you can't get rid of two corpses. Oh, I regard it as a better risk than the other. It could be an accident. Or you and Rita could both disappear. There are possibilities in that. Listen, you, you can't. I can, but there may be a way out. There is. Smollett, you gave it to me yourself. I, I did what? You said you would kill Rita. You have a motive. Oh, here, I, I was joking. Of course you saw that. You are always joking. Listen, Smollett, I can't trust you. You must trust me, else I will kill you now in the next minute. I mean that. You can choose between dying and living. Go on. But there's the old well just outside the front porch door. That's where I'm going to put Withers. No one outside knows he has come up here this afternoon. No one will ever look there for him unless you tell them. You must give me evidence that you have murdered Withers. I murdered him? Why do you want that? So that I shall be dead sure that you will never open your lips on the subject. I see. What evidence? George, hit him in the face. Sure. George, keep out of this. Uh, Captain, you should be more careful. Look what your teeth did to my knuckles. Again, George. Okay. Do I can't Keep quiet. You women keep out of this. I'm sorry, Smollett, but there must be traces of a struggle between you and Withers. Then it will not be altogether safe for you to go to the police. <laughs> can't you take my word, man? I will when we are finished. George, yeah? get the cookie, Mary. Right, Governor. Take your handkerchief to it. In there, on the sun porch floor. Yes, I got it, Governor. There, Captain, there's the weapon. As I told you, Smart. Now, you just grasp the end that mashed Wither's head. I shall shoot you if you don't. Good Lord, you can't. All right. Huh? I'll deposit it out by the side of the house, out of the rain, of course. No, wait, George. First, you'd better pull a few hairs out of his head and put them under the nails of Rivers' right hand. Uh, Princey, have you gone mad? Do you know what you're doing? With this gun? Yes. Go ahead, George. <laughs> Sorry to mush your hair up, Captain. <laughs> Shut up, Smollett. There. That's all we need. Now for Withers, and we'll fix it right up. Be right with you, Governor. Smollett, when we turn around, Withers is just there in the sun porch. Draw back the curtain. Yes, Nessie. If you get him fixed up, now you saw it. You've just got to drag him through the door and dump him in the old well. Just beyond the door, Captain. I won't touch him. I won't. I. All right. Stand aside. Out of range, George. Right. Only one place I want this bullet to go. Keep quiet. My aim's not too good. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yes? I... Better. Much better. Go on now. In here. You'll have to take him outside. By the shoulders ought to do it, Captain. Keep quiet, George. 
rather bad for, well, for, for a close friend of ours, unfortunately. We saw him do it. I, I think you'd better send someone over right away. Oh, man, you'll be 
Remarkable fellow you are, coming back like this. Here to reenact the crime? Oh, the one against me, Princey. The one against the curate. I'll leave to you people. <laughs> Extraordinary sense of humor. Mr. Princey, I just had a look at what's in your well. Not a pretty sight, that. Not pretty at all. Yes, Captain Smollett was thorough, if nothing else. You saw him when he did it, sir, out in the back. Oh, quite. We were just returning from a walk. Smollett evidently had been laying for the curate. Hiding out in those bushes by the road, I imagine. He was never inside this house. Never. And uh, you say, Captain? I say that while I was inside this house, a guest of the family, I was coerced into dragging the curate's body outside and dumping it in the well. Well, there we are. Uh, not entirely, Captain. Uh, I'll just remove my raincoat. There. And demonstrate how damp I got my clothes when I went outside without it. No. That's interesting, isn't it? Quite. <laughs> he undoubtedly removed his coat at some point between here and your post. I might as well tell you that his weapon, a red crooked mallet, is out by the side of the house. I shouldn't be at all surprised, but that you'll find his fingerprints all over it. All over the end of the mallet, Constable. The end that mashed with his head. Not the end I'd have had the grass in order to do the mashing. Governor. <laughs> That's a decent try, Smollett. <laughs> but it won't work. There must be other evidences, Constable. You'll undoubtedly find them when you examine the body. Oh, he means my hair under Withers' nails. Well, sir, if you look carefully, I believe you'll find a few of my precious hairs under his son's nails, too. Here, what are you trying to... Constable, this is an utter waste of time. So far as the violent struggle between Smollett and Withers is concerned, Smollett's face speaks for itself. Quite eloquently, I believe. Oh, but no more eloquently than your son's knuckles. As you see, Constable, a fresh abrasion. He did that on my teeth. Or did he? What? I say, or did he? He might have done that on Withers' teeth. <laughs> oh, I see. I see what you mean. But, but, but I didn't. Governor, he said I... Oh, have... keep still, your nitwit. Let me think. Let me think. But as a matter of fact, George, the more I think of it, the more I'm convinced it was your voice I heard. Quite a vigorous quarrel. Something about the curate juicing your sister. Oh, don't have a ridiculous smallet. Very well, Princey. If your son didn't do it, who did? That's what I'd like to know. How about it, Mr. Princey? That is a sticker, all right. <laughs> George, my boy, it looks like you're elected. Elected? What do you mean? I didn't do it. Why, I had Keep nothing to do... your mouth shut, will you? I won't. I'm not going to take the blame for her. Millie did it. She did it with that mallet, I saw. You could prove that? Prove it? I... 
Yes. Her, her fingerprints on the mallet. The handle. Why, George, don't you remember when you made me touch the mallet? Oh. When you picked it up with your handkerchief? No, I... George, I'm sure you wiped that handle clean. Oh, well, I could hardly expect you to remember that if you... You can't even remember killing the curate. Governor, I... I told you to keep still. But, Governor, you, you, you're not going to turn me over. You, as you... long as I can remember, George, you've been a trial and a tribulation. Governor, I... You shouldn't have done it, son. You really shouldn't. No, George, that was definitely wrong. <laughs> I see, Princess, I think I'll have that cup of tea after all. Nothing like it in weather like this. Wet Saturday, from the short story by John Collier. You have just heard the second in Columbia's new series, a series designed to bring you the best in thrill entertainment. Outstanding dramas from the field of fiction and radio, stage and screen. Dramas of pure... Suspense. This Columbia feature is produced and directed by Charles Vanda, with scripts by Harold Medford and score by Bernard Herman. Be with us again next week at this same time when we present Suspense. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. That concludes today's episode. We thank you and we'd like to remind you to please donate at choiceclassicradio.com. Remember, your donations make episodes like this possible.